Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eCampus News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in higher ed this month. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This month, there are a number of pieces posted that focus on strategies and tactics to making your students, otherwise known as your customers, happy in their college experience. As a father of two and soon-to-be three kids in higher ed, I'll add on, you may want to make those parents happy as well. This involves everything from the admissions process and communication services to providing new programs like esports into the community culture. This ain't your father's college for sure, or even yours for that matter. Let's get started. First, Joseph Flynn, he's the head of solutions consulting for the public sector at Boomi, writes about how from admissions to graduation, students have a firm view of what they want and he provides some ideas on how to use digital strategies to improve their experience on campus. The article is called Boosting the Student Experience by Meeting Digital Expectations, and it's right up on the homepage at eCampus. Here's an excerpt. He writes, while academic institutions worked quickly during the pandemic to shift to remote learning and provide a seamless digital experience, there are still many opportunities for further digital transformation that can deliver benefits to students and staff alike. Through IT modernization and the adoption of digital platforms, academic institutions can not only deliver the digital experiences that students desire, but also improve equity and accessibility in higher education over the long term. He goes on to talk about several different ways in which to do that. I'll share two of them with you here. First, he talks about reimagining college evaluation, and admissions. He writes, before a student even sets foot on campus, an integrated digital application experience can attract bright new minds by simplifying the admissions process through unified branding and a simple, easy-to-use UX. With a unified digital platform and integrated data workflows on the back end, as prospective students learn about the school they can more easily assess different components of the application and admissions process. That's because all elements are connected from that first campus visit to acceptance. Students need only fill out their information once, delivering a better admissions experience and helping them feel recognized by the school. Here's another. Reimagining that seamless student experience doesn't have to stop after acceptance. Academic institutions require students to complete tasks such as managing courses, selecting majors, paying bills, purchasing parking permits. With application integration, students can accomplish all of this from the same unified platform. Tasks that previously required a student's physical presence on campus can now be completed virtually through a centralized portal. He goes into much greater detail in this piece, and this is something that is uh, up your alley. I would certainly suggest you go up online and, and give it a read. It's, it's, it's pretty insightful. Next, Chris Bechtel, he's the VP of Marketing for Com 100, also writes about how with such high support expectations and high competition among schools, institutions must adopt digital student engagement to meet those expectations. Here are some of his insights. He writes, to meet the digital support expectations of today's students, college must adopt digital channels, starting with live chat. 
Live chat supports students' need for fast support, providing them with instant responses on a channel that is so intertwined with how they do things daily. You know, he, he talks about five different costs. Institutions don't do these sort of things that meet the needs of the digital Z culture. Number one, engagement dwindles across the student lifestyle. 60% of Gen Z say they hate calling people. By offering phone as your primary support channels, colleges create a significant barrier to engagement with both prospective and current students. This is in part due to the desire for speed. Phone is a notoriously high friction channel, forcing callers to be put on long hold times and repeatedly passed between agents. Email is less hated by students, but it can also be unpopular for the long response times. After all, 71% of Gen Z believe that CX can be drastically improved by quick responses. By only offering channels that students often have reservations using, schools will engage with less students from the life cycle, from prospective students to graduates. That's a, that's a particularly interesting one that I wouldn't have thought of off the top of my head. I mean, while I too don't like the phone, I'm usually pretty happy with the email, but live chat, that seems to be the way to go. Another cost, lower agent productivity. He writes, while live chat allows customers to receive faster support, it also results in faster work by agents, improving productivity in a way that phone support can't hope to compete with. Introducing higher education chatbots to the mix will make any support team a powerhouse of productivity. AI chatbots can handle up to 80% of all inquiries without any human intervention. This can lower support costs even more than live chat, as you don't need to hire additional agents to cover peak periods. And finally, another cost, failing grades for accessibility. Meeting student accessibility needs is a failure for far too many higher education institutions, he writes. Every school must break down barriers and support students who may have visual or hearing impairments, disabilities, or neurodivergence. Live chat helps with this as it can become fully compliant through a number of ways. For example, windows and buttons can be fully customized to remove any barriers to access for potential visitors. Live chat also provides great support for visitors who struggle with traditional phone support but still need real-time communication. And that includes customers with speech impediments or the deaf or the hard of hearing. Now, the author goes on to write about a number of other different ways. I'll point you to ecampusnews.com to go and check those out. And finally, I had the pleasure to Zoom with Lee Hyde, director of ITS ResNet. Also, he's the co-director of the Carolina eSports program at UNC Chapel Hill, along with Victor Gomez. He's an adjunct professor at Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University and runs the eSports program there. And Jeff Palumbo. He's the senior global esports and CTE manager at Lenovo about another new must have if you're going to attract and maintain students in the 2020s, and that's esports. It was growing in popularity before the pandemic. It seems that it's only accelerated because of the pandemic. And if you listen to this conversation, you can start to get an idea of what every college campus is going to look like soon enough. Have a listen. Let's uh, get as a kind of an executive summary here. 
where do you see your programs in three years, in, in five years? Give us a short-term horizon with all things being equal and where you intend to see your program. And Jeff, I'll leave you with the final words just in terms of give us where, where you see these programs as well, but maybe Lee, we'll start with you. I would say I'm very excited about where our program goes. And again, keeping in mind that I describe program being much larger. So within the next three years, we intend on having an 11 week summer camp program fully in place, inviting high schoolers and middle schoolers. And we're, we're driving all of that to build into our live on um, entry level gamer communities here on campus. So we have two buildings slated to house over 1200 students to build into pocketed communities with live-in professional staff that can kind of train them as newbies and growing that into a, a targeted sort of intentional program um, where we have multiple JV and varsity teams that we can pull from for all of the major um, titles. All of that is of course gonna be continuing growth with additional academia uh, interaction uh, making sure that we're building a, a broader community than just the competitive gamers. And so more attention, more resources, and sort of more results is, is the name of the game there. Great. And Victor? Yeah, from our end, on the competitive side, keep winning. Uh, we took a national title. We've won two Big East titles. We plan to keep that in motion. We plan to redo our esports camp which we held for the first time this past summer and hopefully start building out a certificate expanding upon that first initial offering of introduction to esports our goal is really to become as integral to seton hall as we can so tying in partnerships across the board getting the broadcast school and our new center for sports media involved with the future of our broadcasting program here in seton hall esports so for us it's always go higher win more and make sure that our students are the best at what they do yeah and Jeff, you started us off with the, some big picture. Maybe you can end us off with some big picture crystal ball. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my job is to look five to 10 years ahead of time. So I definitely see there being in the near future, a, a pretty substantial rush into what we consider the mainstream market, ESPN, CBS, ABC, NBC, starting to pick up a lot of esports, not only from a professional perspective, but from a collegiate perspective as well, that at those advertising dollars that are now kind of out there, um, you're going to start to see those trickle into esports programs and which is going to help the program. They're going to expand. They're going to be able to do all really sorts of cool stuff that they haven't before. Um, and that's why content right, right now is key. That's why you see Seton Hall and UNC Chapel Hill building production because they're outputting tons of content because that helps their brand. So you're going to see a lot of that, a lot of more AV and production are, are coming up. Um, the integration of what I call the, the ecosystem, the esports ecosystem, which is that, that integration of high school to college. And then, you know, how do you do the hands-on learning, learn during the day, implement at night in your esports space. Outside of that, AR and VR are going to be massive. We are not sure exactly how they're going to integrate, but we know they're going to integrate. VR sort of is right now, and so is AR from a from a gaming perspective. But from an esports perspective, a lot of that is going to be the design, the infrastructure, how that's working out. Uh, and then, of course, you have the metaverse, which is the big question, which uh, technically can't run now, and and we don't have the power to do it at least for the next five years. But it's there; it's it's coming. What part of that is going to be happening? Um, where is esports going to integrate? Where is esports going to integrate into crypto techno uh, cryptocurrency and things of that nature? It really is an amazing space to be in, even if you're not wanting, even if you're not a gamer. The esports space is going to be fantastic in the next couple of years and super exciting as it expands and i implore more and more schools to jump in start with baby steps 
jump in. My job is to help make you successful. It's not to sell you PCs. When it comes to Victor and Lee, their universities aren't there to make sure that you have a great place to play a game. Yes, that's part of it, but it's about the engagement. It's about the diversity. It's about the learning. And it's about showing people that they're like people exactly like you, even though you might think you're alone and that health and wellness and the education that comes with it could make you an all-star in many things, even outside of esports. So baby steps to success is what I would say. That's where we're going. You can find the full conversation under the webinar tab at ecampusnews.com. It's called Esports is Upgrading. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on ecampusnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the higher ed ed tech space. Remember, eCampus is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eCampus News.